We're out in the forest again, friends. The sun has come out after a rather rainy day. There are these little teeny tiny green plants poking up through the pine needle carpet here. They have little teeny 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 pink blossoms. Some of them have teeny 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 blue blossoms. They're very unshowy, as spring tends to be here in central Oregon. It is not like the Willamette Valley or the Bay Area or in any of these places with the big showy blooms. And yet the beauty of spring is quite apparent here in its own way. As we walk through the pines, I'm thinking about the card that I drew for our next reading, meaning this reading that you're listening to right now. You know, out here in the forest, basically, I wander around. I was drawn to this place. I was called to this part of Oregon. Uh, I believe to have some kind of spiritual quest and to learn, learn about death. I wander around here and I watch the forest and I touch the forest. And all around me are signs of doom, death, destruction, endless dying and endless rebirth. I'm very fond of stumps. I hang out with these stumps, these logs that used to be upright trees. I question our simplistic use of terms like death and dying. Makes it sound like just one moment you're alive, one moment you're not. The trees don't really seem to operate that way. They seem to be part of a long, slow, transformative process, even when they get cut down. And there's some kind of name, I believe, for the trees that meet their doom at the hands of lightning. I don't remember the name of the things, but I love them. And even when the logging, the logging crews came through a couple years ago to thin this place out for fire prevention, they don't take out those burned trees struck by lightning long ago. The stumps and snags remain. Bits of lichen and dusts of mold crawl on them. They're twisted and they're magnificent. They look like great black castles or silver, gray, and black Mm, towers. There's so much energy in them. Put your hands on them. Woo, you'll feel it. Doesn't matter if they're officially classified as dead or alive by some botanist somewhere, they still pulsate with energy. I'm thinking of those lightning snags today, that's what I'm going to call them, because I've been contemplating our card for this Burning Tarot reading. 
I drew the Queen of Swords, the Queen of Swords reversed. This rather vexing card has popped up in multiple readings this week. And maybe last week too, I'm trying to remember. It came up in the upright position for one of my friend clients. And it came up in a reversed position for another of my friend clients. And then today, as I was shuffling the cards... By the way, those were two different decks I just mentioned. One client was using the Golden Tarot. One was using the Burning Tarot. Today, I was using the Smith Rider Waite. And... And I was contemplating, well, what do I and my merry band of Burning Tarot listeners, this small handful of us, navigating our way through COVID weirdness, what should we contemplate in the upcoming week? And before I had a chance to choose a card, one slipped out and fell at my feet. When a card is a jumper like that, you totally have to read it because it's really trying to get your attention. And it was her, it was the Queen of Swords, and she was facing the wrong way around. So I've spent some time with that image. Some of it rather grouchy time. Oh, here comes our wind. I'm going to pause. Well, that was a long pause. I walked and stopped a little and made my way to this one clearing that I really like, but haven't been in in a while. And here we have one of those lightning-struck snags, and then a much newer snag that's silver and a little bit taller, still has a little bark clinging to it. I took off my shoes, my socks, and I called in the elements, and I found myself saying interesting little prayers to them in preparation for continuing this reading, maybe doing it a little better. I recognized my need for being grounded, and I'm going to say this is a need that many of us have right now. You can get quite literal about it and hold on to your favorite chunk of hematite, go barefoot and plunge your feet into the earth. <clears throat> I like doing those literal things. Cooking, there's a good one. Gardening. Having a body, that's an earth thing. And when I got to air, I found myself saying to air, all right, Air, I know we have our issues and our problems, and I'm not very happy to pull the Queen of Swords, who's your queen, dude. And so I got grouchy with Air. And then I kind of let that grouchiness flow. By the end of my moment with Air... I was thanking air for the wonderful things that that element brings to me and to us, including
including wind in the microphone. I'd better hide us. One sec. The element of air has to do with mind. It's also the invisible ether, the air, literally, through which the clouds float, through which our ideas and connections flow. In modern, contemporary times, it is the internet. It is, in general, the flow of cultural conversation and definitely of argument. Air corresponds to swords in the tarot. Swords, quills, perhaps, pens, words, mind, conflict, power. All right, you guys, some of you are probably really good with all that. They make me nervous. My own power, what appears to be my own power, makes me nervous. Flowing all sorts of other energies through me makes me nervous. So that's kind of the difficulty with that air energy. If it's coming, uh, if it's coming along really strongly, how do we handle it? What do we do with it? And that is, that's the crux of the problem with the Queen of Swords, whatever direction we pull her. Um, some contemporary, oh, kind of nicey-nicey tarot readers and teachers really like to focus on her bright side and conveniently ignore that the royalty of she and the king of swords tends to be problematic. They have power and they tend to wield it in ways that are too firm, too disciplined perhaps, too fired up with will, with individual will. When I looked at the card earlier, walking through the forest, I looked at the traditional Pamela Coleman Smith illustration. And it shows a woman in profile, a fair woman, uh, looking off to the audience viewer's right. She's looking in that direction. She's in profile. She's on her throne. She is very rigid. She looks very stern. You do not fuck with her. In her firm, stolid stone throne, which is surrounded by air and clouds, she is holding up a large sword. She is holding it straight upright. It rests on the edge of her throne in her right hand. And her left hand is raised as though gesturing to someone, yes, you may step forward. For a woman in our culture, this could look like a pretty enviable show of power. It's what a lot of us have lacked for generations and generations. The boundaries, the physical ability, the power 
to completely lay out the terms under which we will parley to say we get to decide how words are spoken in front of us, who does what to or toward our person. And we got this big-ass sword sheathed, very phallic, in our right hands, suggesting, sure, you can come forward, but I might chop off your head or your dick or whatever. So be careful what you say when you get up here. The positive spin on that is like, yay, boundaries. Well, isn't this a nice, independent woman? And those are really positive things. They truly are. In her quest for mastery of herself, her emotions, her situations, she can go very cold. She can lose her compassion and empathy. She can become overly entranced by her own, entranced with her own sword, her own power. That can include her power with words. Coming back out from under my jacket. The sun's coming out. The lightning snag and the other snag are sort of glowing. So, what was I saying? Right. Her power of words... The powers that she channels through the elements that, that run through her. These can feel quite heady. She likes this stuff. So there's positives, negatives, and mysterious unknowns when you think about all those aspects of how we are. Of how we live. Of how we are women in this world. I believe most of you... The ones who are communicating, at least, are women. And, uh, actually not all of you. Okay, men and women, but you know what I mean. Women have had a, a rough go, right? Women, people of color, lots of people have had a pretty rough go for, oh, a bunch of millennia. So if you give us a little smidge, oh, power, there is a good chance that we might kind of really like it a lot. And we might misdirect that power. And I think that is our warning for the upcoming week. With our queen reversed. When are we being cruel to ourselves or others? Especially with our thoughts and words. Windshield goes up. When are we... When are we working directly from that power and from the enjoyment of having power? When are we working just from our own will and, and how we have verbalized that will to ourselves, right? Like we tell ourselves little stories about what we are and why we're doing something. Often that story will include uh, rather like a mission statement of a Silicon Valley company. You know, it'll include something about how we're making the world a better place, but somehow on our way to making the world a better place, we have fallen in love with our own sword. And we're very interested to see what it can do. Or we're interested to see what other people will do as they crawl up to our throne where we're holding this weapon. The Queen of Swords has typically been hurt. She has been wounded. There's 
every reason for her to be prickly, for her to be bitchy, for her to be cold, for her to be protective. So, yay us, those of us who are really bitchy and prickly. <laughs> um, today I had a glimpse of the most positive aspect of the Queen of Swords energy, at least as it relates to me at this point in my life. And therefore, I'm going to gander for our little handful here of people who are drawn to these mini fake podcasts that are the Burning Tarot. I think that when our Queen of Swords stuff is going well, we have that strength to sit like the woman in this card, our backs completely straight. We've got our swords up. Maybe we could take them even higher and point them up to the sky. Now, if you've ever seen photographs or slow motion photography or video of lightning, lightning, which is absolutely part of the air element. What's interesting, what photography has shown us is that lightning doesn't really just zap out of the clouds, out of the sky, and then go smacking down to earth. What happens is that lightning is kind of happening around in Cloudlandia, and then a streak of lightning comes up from the earth to meet the lightning that's coming down from the sky. You can see it in the pictures. It's bizarre. Super cool. I don't know if you've ever gotten to be um, be in the same vicinity as a Tesla coil, like Nikolai Tesla's uh, machines for generating lightning. But I remember doing that when I was a young punk in West Oakland at the Phoenix Ironworks building. And... Um, I think it was Austin Richards, he told me later, the um, Dr. Megavolt, who used to come bring the lightning out to Burning Man. At the time, I didn't know about any of that. Um, but he and the Survival Research Labs guys were just meeting up over in Oakland at, at Phoenix and setting up this very big Tesla coil and letting off lightning. <laughs> it was so fun. I mean, it was scary. It had that smell, you know, that lightning smell in the air. And then it would just, it makes this amazing noise, the machine. And then it sends a bolt of lightning out. And I, back then, I had a lot of rather uh, heavy hardware that was part of my piercings and uh, woven into my hair. So I had all this metal on me, and I was like, oh my god, I might just get fried right here, just zapped and be done. So I didn't get too close. But I, I also understood that if, I, if that were how I, you know, if that was my way to go, that might be all right. Because this was just one of the coolest things I'd ever experienced. And... There is something wonderful about being the recipient of lightning, being the lightning rod, 
which is a commonly used meta metaphor, right? Like if you're the person who stands up and says something unpopular, you become a lightning rod for people's opinions about that subject. But it's literal, too. And we know from photography and video in the 20th century, we know that lightning starts in the earth and comes from the clouds in the sky. The lightning snag tree I was talking about, each of those, each of those trees, those living trees, was used as a kind of lightning rod, a tuning fork, the great energy of earth and air and lightning. Some might say, well, it's lightning. Isn't that a fire energy? There's some fire in there, too. That tree coursed with that much power, all that power, and allowed it to touch the sky. And maybe that was the job of that particular tree. The earth and the sky need to talk to each other. And they do it through this lightning and these connectors. And sometimes we are that connector. And when we are the good queen of swords doing her job, we hold our power, we hold our sword up to the sky, and we let we let it flow through us. We know we're going to get struck by lightning. And we stand there anyway. One thing that can go wrong with the Queen of Swords energy is we can get addicted to that feeling, right? I mean, I've never done crack, but I would, you know, I would imagine that it feels sort of like that, right? <laughs> like, zap! Hey, I want some of that. I want some more of it. When the Queen of Swords is reversed, I'm thinking today, with my snags and my lightning metaphor, she's not pointing that sword up into the sky. She's not using her role and her own power to facilitate the connection between mind, air, and earth, body. Instead, she's redirecting it. She's pointing it over here. She's pointing it down. She's trying to avoid having her power. Or she's relishing her power a little too much. Maybe she's forgetting. It's not really her power. It's coming from the earth. From whatever it is that has given her life. Call it God. Call it evolution. You know, divine spark. Thingamajig. We don't really know. Stardust. She's flowing with something magical. She can't just put the sword down because she's the queen of swords. She's kind of stuck with it. But there's such a temptation to, to misuse it, to be too defensive, to send all that energy in an unfortunate direction, to take advantage of others. But I think when the queen is reversed, it also tells us, well, make sure that you don't get taken advantage of. Don't overdo this power trip, but don't run away from your power either. The positive queen would be able to find some balance. 
I think for most of us, Queen of Swords energy is not a place we would want to be stuck. She does have some sovereignty, and that's pretty nice. But if she's not balanced by Earth, by the depths of water and love and emotion, by the knowledge of true empathy for others, true compassion, a sense of rootedness in our Earth and in our ancestry, if she's not willing to be transformed like fire does, she can't just sit there with her sword and her power and her mind and, and just do that whole air thing. Not for long. Or she gets very unhappy. And a powerful woman who is unhappy. I'm not sure the world needs any more of that. So if she's got some mission statement about making the world a better place, as many of us do, she's got to be careful. Careful how much time she spends with that power. Yet, be willing, when it's the right moment, stick the sword into the air. Connect the earth to the air, to the mind. Maybe one day, zap, she becomes the next lightning snag. I don't know. I think she's come to us in this particular strange time to remind us that we are very powerful creatures living in a world that is much larger than us, that dwarfs us and sometimes makes us grasp for feelings of power. Makes us feel so powerless that we kind of get desperate. We're like, oh, hey, here's a sword. Let me wield this around. I don't mind who gets in my way. We don't want to do that. But there's also an enormous amount of woo-woo, psychic, out-there mind energy going around right now. And if any of us is supposed to grab hold of some of that and direct it somewhere useful and positive, let us do that. Let us very carefully do that. We can do it with our words. We can do it with meditation. We can do it by stepping away from negative air influences in our lives. What do I mean by that? Well, usually it's just the stupid internet, you guys. <laughs> um, internet, news, uh, deep immersion in everybody else's thoughts and everybody's interconnectivity all the time. This just sends our air energy all wild and wired and our culture in general balances us towards too much air, not enough earth. Uh, we're not taught how to handle our water energy. And so we get, you know, most of us have a lot of runaway emotions. I feel like our culture does respect fire a little bit, but it really tilts us towards air. Words, thoughts, white-collar jobs, images. Things that, uh, you know, scientific facts, statistics. This is the stuff that our culture has always told us to care about and admire and to grant authority to that. And I think the Queen of Swords can bridge some of that for us. Maybe this is another positive to her. She brings a feminine energy to the affairs of air. And she says... 
It's, it's about more than mind. We can connect this mind and ground it. Wow, man, that was my groovy Queen of Swords moment. The sun is out. Someone is shooting nearby. That's the nice thing about the National Forest. You can just wander out there and pull out a gun almost anywhere. Yep. That's how it works. That's who's running this world, my friends, the people with guns. So if we're the people with feminine swords, what are we going to do about all this? I am not sure, but I'm very happy to be on the journey with you all. I very much appreciate the opportunity to read tarot for you individually. I've gained so much insight from your cards and your readings in the last few weeks. It's been wonderful. And um, please let me know if you find yourself channeling lightning or if you or if any of this uh this little message here resonates with you and you go ah oh, let me tell you about the queen of swords let me tell you t i would actually really like to hear ah i'm going to crawl out of my little hole of jackets and rocks back into the wind and i'm going to dance to each of the four elements in my bare feet in the sort of damp windy forest and i'm going to think of you guys as i do it Big virtual air hugs to you. Goodbye, friends. But wait, there's more. I I went over to do my dance to each element. And I aligned myself in a particular spot so that I could see the lightning snag better. And I looked down and at my feet, I found a little tiny caterpillar caterpillar shell about an inch long like the caterpillar I spoke of in the reading last week but this one didn't make it to butterfly butterfly of course is a symbol for mind and a symbol of air and this little shell you could tell it wasn't the discarded skin of a caterpillar It was a caterpillar that had died and all of its innards had rotted away. And it's this little delicate, fragile remnant. Light, light and beautiful in my palm. And that's that's what the earth handed to me as I tried to dance to the air. I think I think I'm seeing the beauty of that caterpillar even though it didn't get past that phase it didn't get into its next transformation it didn't get to find its imaginal cells turning into wings and such it didn't get to fly and yet it's beautiful just like the lightning-struck tree that grows no more. I'm going to take it home and put it on my altar. I am going to celebrate the incredible beauty of this forest. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to 
I am. I'm not going to. I am right now. I'm just feeling the beauty of this wonderful planet and the fragility of each butterfly and each caterpillar and the funny knowledge that we might not even know whether we're a caterpillar or a butterfly right now. We don't know what comes next. Whatever shell we leave behind will be beautiful. I hope your Queen of Swords weekend is a lovely one. Okay, I'm going to try to say goodbye again. It was a very long recording. Bye.